Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a beautiful morning. And I actually should refrain from using morning. It's something I'm trying to change my lingo. Should be good rising. Um, But I hope all of you are enjoying the moment and making most of the present that we have, which is the gift. That is the true gift of life. Now, today we're going to dive into how meditation brings deeper tranquility. And I'm also going to tap into breathing techniques that help us get deeper into meditation, but as well, just help us with dealing with any situation we're having in life. Now, it should be pretty simple, right? Inhale, exhale. It's pretty automatic, and it is. But our level of consciousness does affect our brain's chemistry. Our ability to control our breathing is special, since it has such a huge connection to so many other functions. Typically, it's something we do without thinking but a conscious effort to make control of an aspect that regulates other automatic functions is powerful. If you missed our blog before, we had why meditation is important, and I also mentioned that last week on Friday. So make sure you go check that out and give it a read if you can. Now, mindfulness and the pairing of yoga. Breathing at this core of this ancient mindfulness practice stemming from yoga, tai chi, and other principles, including meditation, studies do suggest that breathing exercises alone, derived from those ancient practices, can be excellent for the body, mind, and soul. These practices understand the interlinked connection between our, between our subconscious mind to our conscious breathing and meditation. Trusting in the benefits of breathing goes back to ancient Hindu that centers around prana which is vital air, and pranayama, which is breath retention. The 20th century has shown deep emergence of relaxed breathing techniques that combat anxiety and stress. Breathing is the only autonomic feature we can consciously take control of, and it is pretty hard to do that, since unconscious signals will usually override our conscious efforts. However, this crossroad of consciousness allows breathing techniques to provide some control of one automatic system and in return affects the others for better or worse. Now, on a cellular level, breathing is a fundamental part of living and is definitely vital for our survival. Breathing is directed by our autonomic nervous system, which controls functions that we do not consciously need to control, such as our heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, and blood oxygen levels. Our hypothalamus has a deep connection to our autonomic system and also regulates emotional stimuli, memory, and different behaviors. Our breathing can adjust the autonomic system based on which system is turned on, and that means the sympathetic or parasympathetic, so our fight or flight or our rest and recovery. When we turn on our parasympathetic nervous system, we have calmness, lowered stress, and this is the time the body can rest and digest at its best. Now, Different based on how our hypothalamus reacts due to its important role to regulating our autonomic system. Understanding the connection between our emotional stability and behavior shows an important role in creating a better subconscious body by putting more effort into it. Many aspects we have no control of, but breathing we slightly can to some degree. And our emotions for the most part as well. Based on experience and conditioning, some emotions and behavior can transpose and force other uh, effects on the body. This may be our breathing rate, our overall heart rate, or which nervous system is engaged. Now, nerve cells sent from the brainstem are responsible for the signals that adjust our breathing rate and depth. 
This is based off of our oxygen saturation and the CO2 saturation. CO2 is the primary catalyst for increased breathing as it forces the main brainstem to signal about any excess storage in our body and will adjust the variables according to maintain the proper balance. So when you're exercising and you start pumping more blood around, this chemical reaction that's producing more CO2 is why we need to start breathing heavier. And actually, in any exercise or if you're conditioning or working out, focus more on exhaling than inhaling because your body's still getting enough oxygen in if your SpO2 is at a high saturation level, which means you're, you're taking a lot of oxygen in out of the air. But you need to be focused on breathing out. And that is one key thing I've learned from doing endurance cycling is when I really focus on slight pauses in between my breath and exhaling long and hard, I was able to lower my heart rate much better than focusing on the inhale. Now, typically with high intensity activities, breathing is always increased to that, right? And this is why our blood, instead of low levels of oxygen, we're just getting more harmful CO2. And if we get too much of it, our body starts releasing lactic acid, which is actually trying to help us from the CO2 harming our body. Now, nerve cells from our higher brain center can adjust our breathing rate when we feel emotions, stress, or pain. So we can also affect this by just how we think. An easier way to understand how nerves take control of our body, think of times when you have been in fight or flight mode and your heart is pumping. Your breathing increases, your muscles get tense. This is typically when you perceive imminent danger, have a deep fear, or undergo extreme stress. Have you ever turned a corner and bumped into someone and the reaction was typically a jump or a light scare? That split second of fear for the unknown causes our autonomic nerve cells to react for our safety by adjusting many features. From spiking adrenaline levels in our body, which changes our eye dilation, level of eyesight to above the subject. We have deep breaths with the core tensing up. And in order to protect our vital organs, it's all just doing this for safety and for survival. And this example is what shows the sympathetic system. So that is our fight or flight. However, the times when we are completely relaxed, calm, and sometimes after a good meal, food just seems to digest better, possibly even put you to sleep. This is due to our parasympathetic nervous system being active and taking the opportunity to break down food more efficiently by sending signals to nap, sleep, and turn off other energy. Um, we have a lot of expenditure in the body and there's a lot of other functions going on. So it wants to focus on digesting and absorbing food better. And if we have food that's high in, say, carbs or starch and it's a lot of sugar, the body will sometimes try to stop all the other functions, which is why you want to take a nap or, or go sleep after you eat a big, heavy meal because your body needs to focus on breaking all that down so it can absorb it and also so that you don't get sick because food cannot sit in our body too long before it would start rotting. Now, putting some real-life application Breathing is the only autonomic feature we can consciously try to control. So the knowledge of which system is desired for different situations or activity can dictate how we want to breathe in order to maximize the brain capacity for those functions. If we want to be calm or at ease, but the sympathetic is turned on, then it'll be very hard to relax and sleep or digest. But if we want to be alert and focused and on a task that takes lightning motor skills, and thought processes, we need to be in a controlled fight or flight mode. So a lot of athletes, they'll use breathing techniques to turn on the control ability of that fight or flight because you need to be sharp, you need to be quick, you need to be reactive, which is in that nervous system. But as well, you still want to have somewhat control of how you respond when you're reacting. It's a very cool blend of the two. Now, this is also why athletes train so much muscle memory because when you get into your sport and you're in sympathetic nervous system, it becomes a flow state 
because you can't think, you have to react to a certain degree. And the more connected you are, the less you're going to have that freeze or that moment of being paralyzed in, uh, you know, pressure situations or trying to perform. Now, many times athletes will tap into their logical side while in the midst of playing, and this causes those brain farts. So you got to really stay in more in tune with the muscle memory to allow your, your body to just react uh, with that proper mindset. Now, adrenaline starts pumping. We start getting into situations where we're just being in the moment. We have to really take control of our breathing to be able to make the best decisions. And elite athletes can connect those both worlds at the right time. That is what they train to do. Their mindset control is next level. When the body can use a particular movement with automatic reactions plus conscious guidance, that is a true talent to watch. And that's why the best of the best generational players, you know, say a Michael Jordan, say a Messi, say a Gretzky, they're able to have that confidence that lets them be conscious of what they're doing, but still have the reaction ability of that sympathetic. So it's a very dynamic duo that's amazing. In my history of playing Division One baseball, I remember times when it was a tight game, late in innings, and because of that situation, adrenaline's a little bit higher and the focus becomes a, a little bit stronger. I tried my best to always take deep breaths and make smooth, relaxed motions, and they would always preach this to us. And we would call it controlled aggression, a yin and a yang. This allowed me to be at my best in the moment and make quicker and smarter decisions. But even with conscious efforts, I've made a lot of recollections of hitting baseballs and, and running out of the box or doing some type of play, running down a ball, and actually realizing after the play of what all just happened. It, but my muscle memory and knowing where I need to be just happened. And then it's like you consciously come back and react to it. Um, because your sympathetic nervous system is just dialed in to ensure you know you respond to contact with the ball or running down and catching it and throwing it to a certain base. But we drill it so much that your body just does it when you need it to be done. This experience is really amazing and it's a cool insight to the in-depth switch between the two nervous systems. So to dive into some breathing techniques that are really helpful for meditation, um, we want to use diaphragmatic breathing as the goal of meditation. And these techniques will help move you in the right direction and mindset to allow for your best practice. It sometimes takes a little extra time to really relax and become ready to meditate. Therefore, these techniques will help you overcome many different situations or times of stress to ensure relaxed nasal breathing can be achieved before entering meditation. The primary thing that is an inconvenience for most beginners or novices is the means by being able to sit appropriately. Body posture and breathing methods are interconnected and isolated simultaneously. Prior to figuring out how to inhale appropriately, you need to pick the correct pose. On the off chance that you're not in an agreeable position, your psyche will not have the option to unwind completely. So you need to be comfortable. And not knowing this, considering the position you're in, it could make you actually wish that the whole meditation process was over before you really are getting deep into it. And this is the reason prior to beginning your meditation or breathing techniques, you should sort out which posture is the most agreeable for you. So some people need to sit in a chair. Some people can sit cross-legged on the floor. Some people need a cushion. You got to find what really feels comfortable because you're going to have awareness of your body when you meditate. And if you're very uncomfortable, it's going to be hard to feel like you're just focused towards your enlightenment process and you'll be too feeling of your awareness of your physical body. And we need to slightly disconnect from that and being more comfortable is going to keep you there. Now, meditation, you want to stay in a position that keeps you awake. 
That is the key. So laying down might not be the best for some people. You might fall asleep all the time, which is why you need to be in a slightly uncomfortable situation. And in life, learning how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situation is a skill. So it is a good way to practice that whole philosophy. The easiest way to feel if you're fully using your diaphragm is to lay on your back, knees bent, feet flat, and rest one hand on your sternum and the other hand on your stomach. Breathe in deeply and you should feel your hand on your stomach lift first and higher than the hand on your sternum. As well, a slight lateral expansion of your abdomen should be felt or observed by someone else. So if you're not sure, just have someone watch you while you breathe. Then the hand on your stomach should fall first and return lower than the sternum on the exhale. This is just letting you know that you're breathing with your diaphragm and you're getting a full breath or and you're not shallow breathing. If we breathe through our mouth only, we're going to only fill up the upper half of our lungs and it becomes very shallow. So again, you're just not getting in as much air as you can. And the body functions best when it gets lots of oxygen, right? <laughs> uh, beginning with the basics, let's understand the most simple method of creating mindfulness and relaxation in the body and mind. And this is by using a simple one by two nasal breathing technique. You simply want to breathe in slowly and deeply through your nose, hold for one to two seconds, then exhale through your mouth twice as long as it took you to inhale. So some people, it might be three seconds in, it might be four. Just go based off feeling and make sure it feels natural. This is mostly focused on the pause and exhale as it is a key method proven to lower the heart rate and tension, as I mentioned before, something I experienced even with cycling. The answers of effectiveness stems back to the physiology of our body. Our body increases our uh, breathing rate and heart rate in response to excess CO2 levels. Therefore, consciously exhaling longer and deeper will ensure more CO2 is released, so the body will reduce the heartbeat and the breathing rate and the depth. And if we repeat this technique for five to 10 minutes, you're guaranteed to be at a more still and calm state. Secondly, the next technique is a bit more of a hands-on approach. It is a one-by-one nostril method. This is a great way to lower blood pressure and develop a better connection between the left and right hemisphere. This is also a yoga breathing technique involving holding one nostril shut when breathing in, then closing that nostril and exhaling out of the other. And you just go through switching, alternating between that. So um, if you sit in a comfortable position and place your left hand on your knee, palm facing the ceiling, gently but tightly close your right nostril with your right thumb so that no air can go in or out of it. Then take in air gradually through your left nostril. And once you feel that your lungs are loaded up with air, close that nostril with the forefinger of your hand. Keep holding the two nostrils as you hold your breath two or three seconds. And afterward, move your thumb and exhale out through the right nostril. After, switch hands, resting your right hand on your knee, and shutting your right nostril with your left thumb and repeating the whole grouping of activities. So if you need to see that written out, I do have that on our blog as well. Check that, but just take a few times to practice it. And going through that about five to 10 times each, you should see a very good uh, relaxation of the body. And it's a good way to be more conscious of the breathing as well. Now, the third method is to combat issues with creating calmness. So if you're very anxious or you're having trouble just Overall, feeling overstimulated, uh, a really good diaphragmatic relaxation breathing type is a 4-4-4 or a 5-5-5 method. 
And this just involves breathing in for four to five seconds, holding your breath for about four to five seconds, and then exhaling slowly for again, four to five seconds and repeating it for at least a minute for the best results. Overdoing this one can result in a little bit of lightheadedness as the levels of O2 and CO2 begin to be imbalanced because you're holding your breath longer than you should. And this is only to help create calmness very rapidly in order to reduce a lot of deep tension. So you only need to do that one for a minute or two when you're like really overstimulated, feeling too wound up, and you need to just bring yourself back down. Now, the last one for times of severe panic attacks is a four, seven, eight technique. And this is very useful for alleviating those issues really fast. So now you'd want to start by inhaling regularly and taking a deep exhale until all air has dispersed the lungs. So it's going to be an inhale for four seconds through your nose. You're going to try and hold your breath for about seven seconds. Okay, this is the hard part. And this is what's going to stop the heart rate really fast. Then exhale slowly out of your mouth for eight seconds. And a version of this is what I mentioned when I'm cycling. I'm doing a little slighter pause to try and bring the heart rate down. But this is a really good method for when you're having a very severe uh, anxious uh, attack happening. So hopefully not too much, but sometimes things happen in life and you can use this technique to really combat that issue. Um, As well, the key is to maintain the ratios to ensure effectiveness. So repeat no more than around four times just to ensure less chance of getting lightheaded or a dizzy spell. And this is a more in-depth technique to overcome anxiety but it is known to work very well. So just use it sparingly and hopefully you don't have to use it too often. The key to any of these techniques is trying to slow down your breathing rate and the overall depth. When we are truly at our lowest heart rate, our diaphragm almost seems to be barely moving. If your body is taking deep chest raising breaths when at rest, then possibly you're anxious or in need of some cardiovascular conditioning. And at rest, we should be able to breathe in and out through our nose with no issues. Mouth breathing can create many health issues, such as dry mouth, dental hygiene, heartburn, asthma, chronic stress and anxiety, elevated risk for diseases, and poor sleep. Mouth breathing is known to even lead towards heart disease and high blood pressure because of low oxygen concentration in the bloodstream since the lungs can become dysfunctional as the diaphragm is not completely being used. So you're just not using a full muscle. The diaphragm is a very important muscle to balance out the pelvis and to overall give us the most amount of oxygen to make our body function correct. So imagine if you're not using a muscle, just like pumping your legs or something and you're skipping leg day, are you going to be able to have that strength to go jump or run or do things? Probably not. So it's the same concept. Now, if we get a dysfunctional diaphragm, there is exercises you can do. A lot of it in the gym when we focus with clients is all about breathing and teaching them how to breathe properly in eccentric versus concentric movements so that you can make the most out of the exercise and as well be the most effective for your tempo, your rest ratios, and so forth. So breathing is the connection to everything we do. Um, But that connection between your nose and your diaphragm is why you want to always want to try and breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. If you've reached the point where you have to breathe in through your mouth, your heart rate's that high, that gets lets you know that you're pretty close to your VO2 max slash threshold area, and you either need to focus on when are you going to take rest or a breathing pattern that's going to keep you at that threshold so you don't get too much lactic acid and you'll start having you know burning legs, burning arms, or a sensation like you have to stop. 
Uh, asthma is deeply connected with mouth breathers and actually can worsen from this issue. So unfortunately, if people over time when they're young are mouth breathers, they're never using their diaphragm properly and it can start creating some asthma if it's not a hereditary issue. Breathing is the core of our anatomy. And when we learn to master and tap into its abilities, we become much more elevated in consciousness and performance. If you could enhance your potential and emotional stability, why wouldn't you? Focus on leveling up the aspects that you can control and see the results begin to manifest in areas we technically can't control. Your health is your wealth and mastering the basics is how you become a pro. So I hope this helped everyone with a little bit more insight to the power of our breath and how it links also to meditation, some techniques to use for different situations, and then just being able to have more stillness and calmness and trying to use that nasal breathing and, you know, stay relaxed, stay in the moment and just enjoy life. And breathing is one way we can control when we're slightly out of control. So hopefully you're staying in control as much as you can. And if there is an issue that arises because we're human, we make mistakes and we all have times of getting a little bit overstimulated, go to these uh, breathing techniques or use it to help enhance your meditation. And I guarantee it's going to make everything better for you. So I hope you guys stay healthy, you stay consistent and you learn to stay in the moment. And we always want you to level up. So keep checking out our content and we'll be coming in uh, hopefully in another couple days with another live talk. And uh, looking forward to hearing all your questions. All right. Love you guys so much and have a beautiful rest of your day.